0: Listeners, readers, welcome to this Foxed Page recommendation where I take a tight five minutes to convince you of why you might or might not want to read this book I love. Today we're going to talk about Madame Bovary. So we're going to be honest. I'm always honest with you guys and uh, we're just going to say up front that Madame Bovary is one of those books that we read because we want to feel smart. And I am 100% with the idea of reading things because they make you feel smart because guess what they in fact do make you smart so reading madame bovary you know you can carry this around with you and you can have it like peeking out of your tote bag and whatnot um but also this is a book that you might really really love one of the reasons why is this incredible new translation it's actually not that new anymore by lydia davis who has transformed madame bovary into something a little bit musty and fusty into something that is real and immediate and fun and I think probably exactly what Flaubert wanted us to read. So um, the book was published in 1857. It was banned when it first came out. There was a huge court trial, which in my mind is always, always a reason to read it. With Madame Bovary, Gustave Flaubert really did change the literature in 1857. It was the beginning of what was called realism, which simply means that we went from, you know, the essays of the Enlightenment and some epistolary novels like Dangerous Liaison, um, to we moved into to Jane Austen, which honestly was a real move in the right direction in my opinion, But those novels were still a bit rarefied. We were still talking about largely uh, marriage plots and everything ending uh, in marriages and also talking about kind of the upper middle class. What Flaubert wanted to do, his sort of brief, was to bring an entire world or the entire world, his entire world into focus in a novel. So what he does there is he's including all of these realist details like what people were eating, how they were going to the bathroom. Um, not to mention all of the more important things, which were kind of the, the romance and the intrigue and, and people getting into debt and people, but like in kind of a crazy way, not like a Jane Austen rarefied, like you lost at a hand of whist, whatever whist was. And this is like people really seriously getting themselves into financial trouble. People in this case, maybe being our heroine, Madame Bovary in the beginning of the book they talk about her as being the first desperate housewife and i did not in fact watch desperate housewives but i really actually like that description because emma bovary is someone that any housewife myself included can relate to in many ways there's a lot of tedium and a lot of boredom there is a lot that we can relate to even you know almost 200 years later which is crazy. Uh, She's also someone who's a big consumerist. She's someone who is very uh, at the whims of modern ideas of beauty and modern ideas of what it is to be a woman and what it is to be loved. So there's a lot to relate to, uh, which makes makes the whole thing extra delicious. But what I would argue is so enchanting about Madame Bovary is the way that Flaubert allows us to travel both geographically to this little town up in the northern um, part of France, not too, too far from Rouen, um, up on the Normandy coast, we get to travel uh, through geography into this beautiful part of the world. But he's also, of course, allowing us to travel through time in this way that's incredible. It's one of the most magical things that literature can do, is to transport us so fully. And again, with this idea of realism as as conveying a whole entire world, there is uh, no better genre, I think, to help us do this, this geographical and time travel that Flaubert enables. The one thing too that I really need to let you know is that in the hands of uh, Lydia Davis in particular, this book is so funny. And you have to kind of think of it as something funny once you know it's funny and once you can sort of envision it all as being funny. It really is not only charming and not only totally edifying and interesting, but it is really funny. So um, Flaubert himself says in the beginning here, this will be the first time i think that one will see a book that makes fun of its young leading lady and its young leading man i mean it's like what how fun this is like it's like veep or succession it's not satire though so it's not quite like those things but there is a sense of making fun of them maybe it's a bit more ship's creek there's a there's a hot take for you um and then davis goes on to say yet he goes on to say meaning Flaubert, irony takes nothing away from pathos which is echoed by Vladimir Nabokov in his lecture on the novel. The ironic and the pathetic are beautifully intertwined. So I love that. I mean, I love, I'm a, I'm a big um, Nabokov stan. You can check uh, my recommendation for L- Lolita if you want a really hot take at some point in the future here. But I would say that that intertwining of pathos and uh, irony, is just so delicious, and it's one of the things that makes this book really complex and, and really worth reading. As always, I'm gonna read you the first line of the text because often I find that I can, um, you know, let me put it this way, if I don't love the first line or if I'm not intrigued or sort of sucked in by the first line, I will. Uh, it's, it's gonna be a little tough sledding. It's gonna be a little hard for me to get into the book, but often I will find that if I love the first sentence, you know, even the first phrase, I can really find myself getting behind this prose. This is not, in fact, my favorite first line of a novel, but it's also not bad. I mean, I'm just going to say it. This, this first line of Madame Bovary, not too, not too shab, but this one's fine. It's fine. Here we are, uh, and I'm not going to parse this for you because you're going to have to listen to the actual lecture. I'm just going to lay out this first line for you. We were in study hall when the headmaster entered, followed by a new boy dressed in regular clothes and a school servant carrying a large desk. Those who were sleeping woke up, and everyone rose as though taken by surprise while at work. So that is the very first line of the novel. Um, it's good. I mean, I'm just going to just put my, my uh, stamp on it. But then I'm gonna give you uh, something. This is a sentence that I really love. It's early on, no spoilers, obviously. If you don't find this at least somewhat charming, that might be a signal that perhaps this book is not for you. Okay, Uh, page 20. She sat down and took up her work again, a white cotton stocking to which she was making repairs. She sewed with her forehead lowered. She did not speak, nor did Charles. A draft of air passing under the door pushed a little dust over the stone floor. He watched it drift and heard only the pulse beating inside his head and the cry of a hen in the distance laying an egg in the yard. I will leave you with that. I hope that you do pick up Madame Bovary. If you do, listen in to the three-part lecture uh, by me on Fox Page to learn more about what makes this book so incredible. Happy reading!